0: Hello and welcome to a special edition of the In The Money Players podcast. This is our King's Plate All Stakes Pick 5 show. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you from the little house on the east side and joined by our reigning Readers' Cup betting challenge champion. He's also the business manager here at In
1: The Money Media. He's Drew Cody. Drew, what's going on? I'm good. It's early in the morning, but uh, nothing gets us excited more than... Uh, The renewal of the King's play or renaming. I don't know exactly what terminology we're going with, but fantastic action of Woodbine on Sunday. A great contest as well offered up. HBI Bets, Express Bets. If you're curious for more, $1,000 bankroll buy-in. Top two are estimated to get Breeders' Cup seats, and the uh, third and fourth place will get NHC seats. It is online only, so if you are perusing the track, you will have to play online, but... Get involved! I think it's going to be a great day of racing, and uh, I I'm just excited that Woodbine gets a day in the spotlight on Sunday.
0: Going to have a couple between this and the Woodbine Mile card in just a few weeks. Um, I'm going, man! I'm excited. You, you know, it takes a lot to get me out of uh, of Saratoga, but uh, this will do it because uh, I really am excited to see how this uh, how this works. Now it's sort of a permanent new time. The later in the year seems to work with this field of 17 for the big one. Uh, It's going to be a blast. And on this show, we're just going to look at the five stakes, but it's a good card. And I'll point out to people, too, there's going to be a mandatory payout in the Super High Five, which goes as the last race. So that's one maybe we'll take a look at on another show. But things start off in the stakes pick five with race number six. It is. And we've got a key prep race for one of the winning you're in races going to be happening on that Woodbine mile day. Uh, the Natalma,
1: this is the catch a glimpse. We've got a field of 11. Who do you like? Yeah, I think this is a tough one to handicap because there's a lot of the girls in here that are cross entered in the boys race, which is the soaring free. I think the soaring free is more open and they're going to play a little bit of a game of who's going, who's staying. So we're going to have to holler at some of our Woodbine friends to see if the connections know anything or will lay their cards a little bit. But I, as it is right now, I'm just going to list out horses for both of those. They may be in two spots at one time. So disclaimer, but the number nine, A Rosa is tested on the turf already and is plenty speedy and I think could get just a clear sailing trip and a step forward again with so many of these having all weather experience and not turf yet. I really like the number nine, Arosa, to continue to step forward. The the value play for me here is also the number 10, Arosa, uh, 10 to 1. Made a really nice move against the pace flow in a all-weather race. And today, there's, there is a lot of speed. So if Arosa can't keep up the number 9, the number 10 should be able to swoop up there. And then I'm also going to use, I think this one is a good, good horse, the number 5, ready to jam at 6 to 1. Uh, should get a pretty good ground-saving trip with all that speed going. Um, last i got the job done when making a late move. Um, and then two back. Even though Timeform has the debut performance for the number five, ready to jam, it's coded as red. I really just looking visually at the race didn't appear to be too uh, too much of a pace collapse or anything of that nature. Uh, those three horses were at the top of the pole, uh at the top of the lane and when they came across the wire it was those three again just stretching themselves out so that shows to me there was a little bit of a whip against the flow for the number five ready to jam in that spot so uh, three horses the nine the ten and the five let's hope the body of the field stays together i
0: love that way of looking at pace and flow I used to actually put that in my racing form when it was notable, when it was, or I'd cut, you come up with like little, little codes words for it. Like I might call a race like that, a merry-go-round, especially on turf. um, And you know, really any, but sometimes anywhere, but especially on turf, you'll see days where the pace figures don't tell the story of the way the race flowed, exactly like what you're saying. And it's good to have, I want both pieces of data to help make a decision. And in those spots, especially where it's the other way around and it's more of a pace collapse, even on even if the figures don't say it was that fast, I'll look for those horses that made that early move, and you can sometimes find some goodies that way. Yeah, Very funny with these two contenders having such similar names. I was with Rosa in this spot. I was impressed by that debut run going five and a half on the synth. On pedigree, I think the six and a half on turf is going to be within her grasp. But just like the fact she was bet a little bit there, going off at uh, going off at, at five to one in that valuable two-year-old maiden race. And I think there's plenty of speed in here and that, that she's going to be able to uh, come running and the added ground will be her friend. I'm going with one of your three, the 10 Rosa. You had it nine, 10, and five to kick off the All-Stakes Pick Five, which continues with the Grade 3 Bold Venture, a race uh, going six and a half on the synthetic that I was uh, more drawn to the favorites. And I, one question in here is... What are the tactics going to be between the Marty Drexler runners? And after looking at it enough, I came up with the idea that maybe super Watson will just be able to trip out in this spot and get the job done Has a couple of these on form previously, you know, winning type of a horse uh, with eight wins in the 29 career starts has not succeeded at the stakes level, but I thought might get the right kind of trip, especially if, They use little team tactics and old chestnut who's also quite logical is ridden a little bit more aggressively. We'll see how it plays out here in race number seven. How did you have it my friend?
1: Yeah, I did like the number nine old chestnut. Um, I I think this one has run some superior figures to the stable mate, super Watson over the all weather. And those two, uh, two uh, coming back, April and May of 2023 really proved uh, quite well, uh, even though couldn't quite get the job done in one of them. But I just think overall figures wise and the pace race shapes up really well. Super Watson's going to have to work out a perfect trip from there. It is notable, though, that Super Watson sticks or Kimura sticks with Super Watson here. So maybe there's a little signal in that with Drexler saying take take Kimura, take Super Watson. You know how to ride this horse better. You, you're going to get this into the winner circle. I will say number five, Patches O'Houlihan is my backup. What a fun horse to come figure out. Facing older for the first time in stakes company, worked his, uh, worked his way through the N2Ls, the N3Ls fairly easily, and then faced off in a couple of listed stakes races for three-year-olds. I think could be loose on the lead here, um, and we'll really see the test if Patches O'Hulahan can take it. Three to one feels like a really square price for what is gonna be a horse on the lead. So I'm, I'm skinny here with just the nine and the five to try and get through this race. Let's move on to race number
0: eight in the Soaring Free. This was the one we talked about before, the boys' version. We have some uh, cross-entered horses uh, doing the six-and-a-half on the turf for the two-year-olds. We'll keep it with you.
1: Yeah, I only need two in here. Uh, the number four, Ready to Jam, eight to one, which we already talked about. I think, again, gets a nice ground-saving trip and has that closing kick, as I already mentioned. The number one rhapsody at three to one could just be loose and has a reason to improve second start. So I'm not very creative on the Rhapsody front here, but the number four ready to jam will be on some of my tickets as well uh, if this one scratches out of the uh, catch a glimpse.
0: I was with you on Rhapsody, potentially having that pace advantage, that that ability to get loose feels like one on pedigree is going to have absolutely no trouble with the extra half back in 50 days. Just feels like one that's laid out for this, for uh, the X-Men the partnership. I thought, I thought, you know, Rhapsody, Definitely was worth pressing up in here. I'll take another look at Ready to Jam if that one ends up going. But this felt like a race to me where I had questions about anybody's ability to close. And when I have that, it'll lead me to the one I think is the best speed. And I think that's pretty clearly Rhapsody in this spot. Let's move on to our ninth race. We're getting close to uh, the big one, the Kings play, but this is the Great two dance smartly. Phillies and Mares three and up, a mile and a 16th. Return to the races of an old favorite of ours, Moira. Are you with her or against her in this? Spot? I'm with her.
1: And I was about to say our old friend Moira, she ain't old. She's only four years old. So it does feel like a, a an old-timey name for us on this podcast, but it has tactical speed and best overall numbers the back class really does help for uh, this one and last out tangled with Feb Rover and we saw what Feb Rover did over at Colonial Downs last weekend. Um, She pressed the pace and tired while Feb Rover swooped up and took over things. So today I think she'd get a very nice go of it and revert to that old form we saw in 2022. The only real blemish is to be ashamed of is losing to super hoity-toity or super hoity uh, over the all-weather in the uh, Bell Mahone Stakes. But Super uh, hoity or whatever the heck that horse's name is, got away with very very soft fractions. Super hoity toity is the horse's name, the number one on the rail. That horse got away with super soft fractions. Moore was trying to close into off of the long break, couldn't get the job done. I'm excusing that. I think Moore gets back to form and should be good. The other horse I'll use is a bit of a wild card. That uh, Selima, believe the number seven in here at three to one, pressing the pace. Um, of the outside horse, Miss Darcy's, and we'll get the first jump. So kind of right off the hip of Miss Darcy's and get that jump. You weren't, um, a, you weren't
0: a Game of Thrones
1: fan, Drew? No. Sort Mr. of. Mr. Dracarys. Mr. Dracarys. the Game Mr. of Karis. Thrones name. <laughs> <laughs> No idea. Um, and so Chad Brown, Kimura, the connections fit. Distance, this horse is three for three. So I think I. it's going to be interesting to see where the tote board goes between Moira and some of the more known connections coming in to Woodbine like uh, Salima.
0: Yeah, Salima is interesting for sure as a potential best speed, but I ultimately think it's going to be Moira today. I'm very excited to get to see her in person again. I liked the last run a lot and, I'm, you know, move, made, making a move into the fast part of that race. over obviously backed up that form significantly in the Beverly D third off the bench I I think it's going to be Moira's day in the sun once again Uh, last year's Queen's Plate winner competing on the King's Plate card that's just also very cool to see I don't mind that idea of backing up with Salima at all you know needs no introduction and looks like the best speed we'll wrap it up with the King's Plate field of 17 with the two AEs very very cool stuff Kalik, Kalik, I can't decide how we're supposed to say it, I forget, named after the Bahamian beer and a horse that was just, I think, extended uh, a little bit too far the last day in the in the Belmont Derby in terms of class and distance against those killers uh, from that day, uh, Farbridge and the Foxes, but I think here against uh, Ontario Breds, this horse just looks like To me, he's going to uh, get back to winning ways. I don't really want as a heavy, heavy favorite, but three to one I feel like is reasonable on this runner. I know you have a big long shot. You teased that, but haven't told us who it is yet. It's time to put the cards on the table, Drew.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so this is going to be a bit of a dissertation here. As I feel like finding value of Woodbine requires a lot of replay work, ground loss really matters on the all-weather. And I think this is going to be the most testing trip with the pace with the big field and who can figure out how to close as they come down the lane late. so i'm going with the number 13 cool kiss at 30 to 1. number 12. Uh, oh sorry i have it th- i was doing this before the numbers came out thank you the number 12 cool kiss um really needs a pace to run into and Looking at the running lines, it's fairly like ho-hum, like what am I on about with this? But in the plate trial, launched a massive big bid going very wide to battle home second for some of the runners who saved all of the ground. And I thought that was a really great effort stretching out for this spot. So that kind of gives me a little bit of confidence. There might be some talent here losing as much ground as this one did. Uh, then the Queenston was off very slow in the seven furlong event, and yet again had another ground loss trip with a massive wide bit and a huge gallop out. That shorter distance, right, sprinters and this type of like plotting type of horse, British royalty comes to mind, will be in touch with the field more. I don't expect that. Uh, and then the Coronation fur- Futurity, last start as a two-year-old, we have to go back a few more, was a horrendous race and still ran on well, reared. Out of the gate i haven't seen a rear that bad in a while where the jockey almost got lost and then rushed up to be checked before entering the far turn after all that was able to close into the neutral fractions so maybe today is the day that this horse puts it all together i think 30 to 1 is an easy price to go grab i think you probably can see 40 or 50 to 1 on the number 12 cool kiss needs to run a career best but emma jane gets aboard and i feel like she has a good head on her shoulders, a good good internal clock to work things out. So I can,
0: see, I can see it if I squint. I mean, the the pedigree makes me a little bit nervous, but the horses run okay going a mile and an eighth. So maybe maybe that's uh, sometimes it doesn't matter. You know, sometimes they do things that uh, the pedigree is a little bit uh, iffy about.
1: Yeah, two things need to go right. This horse needs to run a career best by a long shot, and the pace needs to get so ugly up front. That things start to fall apart with, with Kalik, Kalik uh getting getting uh, hammer and tongs up front with some others. I will use Kalik. As, for everything you've said, I think this horse's back class is fantastic. But also the number eight Wickenheiser uh, at twelve to one continues to get better in every start. Last out made a really early move after being well far back and wound up passing. Horses, um, and then flattening it out, but today's pace and the added distance, I think could suit pretty nicely as a one-run type in the number eight Wickenheiser, which I think is going to be the wise guy's horse uh, for a lot of folks. I could imagine this horse getting bet down to eight to one-ish, which may put me off. But the number 12 Cool Kiss is my uh, big play of the day. Uh, I love it. King's play.
0: No, well, it's a compelling case for a long shot, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm with the favorite there. I definitely see Wickenheiser as one you might want to use in your exotics as well. But I'm just concerned like the come home time wasn't wasn't strong enough to make me want to pick Wickenheiser over uh, a click in the plate. Great stuff, Drew. Always good talking to you about this stuff. Uh, if we get a chance, who knows? Maybe we'll do uh, some plus in the money plus content on that super high five or something else or looking elsewhere on the card. Cause it's a good card. I'll be up there. I'll be uh, on TV. So the more I look at it in advance, the better off it is for me. Looking forward to this big day with our friends up at Woodbine and looking forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Fly the, fly the ITM jet to come pick me up, please.
0: <laughs> up not yet. When, you know, when that day comes. I don't think that day is going to come. I mean, you know, because I just, if we had that much money, I think we'd probably find better ways to spend it. But it's a, it's a fun fantasy. For Drew Cotney, for our friends at Woodbine, I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal. May you win all your photos.